Hello everyone, welcome back to Star's Opinion, the Christian Perspective. I have been gone for a while, but I am back with a new episode. So I wanted to talk about a few things, but before I go any further, if you are new here and are listening to me on YouTube, welcome to my podcast where I talk about Christian topics from the Christian perspective and I give my opinion. If you are returning listener welcome back welcome back so again this is an extension of my youtube page stars conversations here on youtube and then also i have the podcast and you can listen to it on spotify and anywhere you listen to podcasts all right so let's go ahead and get into it so first first off you guys I have been so busy. School has started back. I had to get my children ready to go back to school. As you guys know, I have three children. I have a three-year-old, 11-year-old, and I also have a 16-year-old. So my 16-year-old, he is on the autism spectrum. Then I have an 11-year-old who has started middle school. And then I have a busy three-year-old. So I have been so busy with them as the Bible says that your home is your first ministry and then everything else falls after that falls in line after that I should say but nonetheless I have been settled in we have a routine so now I can get back to doing what I love to do and that is to talk and have conversations so let's go ahead and get into it today's topic I wanted to talk about trusting God when it looks foolish yes this is the topic Trusting God when it looks foolish, right? So how many of us have been in a situation or a season in our lives where God has said, you know, I want you to do this and it seems so foolish and everyone is like, well, why why are you doing that? Or that doesn't make any sense, but God has told you to do it, right? Now let's make it clear. Let's lay the foundation. I always like to lay the foundation first. The first thing is, are you sure God has told you to do this, right? Are you in your secret place? Are you in your Bible? Do you know God's voice? Because sometimes people say, well, God told me to do this or I had a dream, but they never consulted God about it. They never went into prayer about it. And then God did not confirm it to them if they should do it or not. So first things first is that we want to make sure we are hearing clearly from God, right? And how do you know you are hearing clearly from God? You spend time in his word which is the Bible, not the cute affirmations and not the, you know, cute um, Bible tools or Bible devotionals. Yes, God can speak to us through the Bible devotionals, but God literally speaks to us through his word, the Bible. And then when we take time to seek his face, he will confirm or deny and you will hear his voice so clearly. And I am a witness to that. So first we want to make sure that we are in tune with God and making sure that we have been reading our Bibles consistently daily 
and meditating on the word, right? Joshua chapter one, I believe is verse six through nine is to say, it says to meditate on the word of God day and night. So you, so this book of law won't depart from your lips. So you won't go to the left. You won't go to the right. So you would know God's voice. And then God would never tell you to do anything that will go against who he is or his principles or his, or his word in the Bible. So just let, let us lay the foundation straight with that. So then second thing is that when trusting God seems foolish, God is testing your obedience, right? To see if you will obey him above all else, right? We see this example in the book of Daniel chapter three, where um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they did not bow down to the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had, and they faced death for that. But because they trusted God enough to know that our God will deliver us, and even if he does not deliver us, we will not bow down to the golden image. So we want to want to make it clear to you. So they trusted God, even though all the other Israelites bowed down to the golden image, right? So they trusted God enough, even in the face of death. So my question to you is this, do you trust God enough, even in the face of death? Trusting God when it looks foolish, right? Because I'm pretty sure the other Israelites who saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not bending down to the golden image was like, are they crazy? They're going to lose their lives, but they trusted God above all else. So I believe that in this time, in this season, God is preparing his people to trust him above all else. Are you going to trust me above what you see, right? I could think of another example of Elijah when he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. But when his assistant went out, they said, we don't see any clouds. It's clear. But he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain because he trusted God. He was in tune with God. He knew what he heard from God. And guess what? Rain came and an abundance of rain when there was a famine in the land for so many years. So we need to trust God regardless of what we see right? If God said it, he will do it. So I want to talk about a little bit of my situation of trusting God when it looks foolish. As you guys know, or if you don't know, I am a nurse in the state of California. And during COVID, I took on assignments that were traveling assignments. So I was a travel nurse for the good part of the pandemic. I also gave birth during the pandemic as well um, in 2020, but for the good part of the pandemic, I was a travel nurse. So I made a substantial amount of money. I bought a house. Me, my husband and I, we bought a house during the pandemic as well. And so you would think buying a house during the pandemic and I'm making all this money, saving all this money, paying off debt left and right, and just basically being smart logically with my money, right? Buying a house and everything for our children. And I get another travel assignment down in San Diego. So I'm driving an hour and a half down to San Diego to do my job and two hours back because of the traffic is so thick coming back home. So, but it's okay because I'm on a travel assignment and they are compensating me very well. And 
after a while, like the Lord, first of all, let me get this straight. After a while, it starts to wear and tear on your body because I was driving every day, five days a week. And then I also was getting um, tired of the workplace. Like the workplace there, it was so much tension because we all were contracted nurses and it seems that everything was confusing or it was always a misunderstanding. And then you had some people who like to micromanage, right? So for me, that really doesn't matter. I'm just there to do my eight and hit the gate. <laughs> That's all. I'm not here to make any friends. If I do make any friends, cool. But if I don't, I'm just here to do my job. That's how I take on the workplace. But I was getting tired of the workplace and the constant complaining and the constant um, bickering that they were doing with each other. And then the, the other nurses were asking, well, how much are you getting paid? Well, how much is this agency paying you? Like, listen, you took the assignment, you agreed to the terms of that assignment. So don't ask me how much am I getting paid or how much my recruiter has um, allowed me to get compensated if your recruiter didn't do the same thing. You should, you should have negotiated a better contract, right? So I was getting just tired of it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to look for a new assignment. Plus the drive is just wearing and tearing on my body. And I just wanted a change, right? So I applied to some other positions. I had two positions that was readily available for me and I was closer to home and still paid pretty well. So one position kind of fell through. So I was like, well, I have this other position and she offered me the job. I went to work for this company and for some reasons, whatever, whatever I did before this, it came so easy to me, right? Because I've been a nurse for five years. I know what I'm doing. I, I have been in this environment. I have been in this department before or a department like it before. And I am a fast learner, but for whatever reason, and I know the reason now is because of God. But for whatever reason, when I took on this new assignment, I just could not get it right. I just couldn't get it right. I didn't understand the flow that they had. I didn't understand their charting. It was just all so confusing to me. And every day I would go to work, I was filled with anxiety. I didn't know what was happening to me. I was just filled with anxiety. And I would be praying, like, Lord, help me, help me. Like, why every time I get closer to this workplace, that anxiety just grips me and um, fear just grips me because I wasn't able to perform or do my job properly. And it gave me anxiety because I've never experienced this before. Every job that I have had, whether it was in nursing or in any other field, I was always a fast learner and I was always able to do my work. Um, I was always able just to do my work um, exceptionally, right? You know, they show me once, twice or whatever, and I was able to catch on and do the perform very well, which is why I was hired so quickly because I came highly recommended. But when I got the job, everything was like a 180. I couldn't get anything right. I couldn't understand their flow. I just couldn't get in tune or get in the flow of how the office worked. And then also too, there were employees or my coworkers 
um, working against me, right? And I couldn't understand that. I, I'm very easy to get along with. I don't have any drama in the workplace. So I was having drama in the workplace. I couldn't understand the workplace or how their flow was. So I'd never experienced this before. So it brought on a lot of anxiety for me. And I couldn't understand why at the time. So nonetheless, I got fired or I didn't make probation, right? Because I was just not performing the way they wanted me or expected me to perform. So it kind of bummed me out because I've never experienced this. I've never been fired or let go from a nursing job. I've never been fired or let go of pretty much any job that I had, I always excel. So this was new and shocking to me, right? So then I started to pray and ask God. This is how my journey um, to God drawing closer to him began because I started to pray and ask God, is it something I did? Was it something wrong? You know, I felt that I was done wrong at the job that they mistreated me, which they did, right? But I was asking God, like, how... How do I move past this? You know, should I work or shouldn't I work? So I clearly heard the Lord say, you know, um, don't work right now. Just take some time off. So I did or whatever, because I got fired or let go. I was able to get unemployment for the time being. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take about two to three months off. Right. And my husband was fine with that. He was okay with that. I have always taken breaks in between assignments anyway. So he was like, just take a break and then you'll go back. I said, okay, cool. So I did that. But then I had an opportunity about three months later after that to work for the county that I live in. It was a position that was available. My cousin, she is also a nurse and she put in a good word for me with the manager. Went to the interview and the interview was amazing. The interview was amazing. There was nothing, you know, that gave a indication that he was not going to call me back or I was not going to be hired because I went through the interview process twice. I went through the interview process with the administrator. And then I went through the interview process with the RN supervisor and they loved me. They took me around, they introduced me to everyone. And they said, We're, we are definitely going to call you back. This was the words from the RN supervisor. We are definitely going to call you back. It should be within a week or so. A week passed, two weeks passed, three weeks passed. They did not call me back. But I clearly heard the Lord say, because I was constantly in prayer while while I was home, and I clearly heard the Lord say, do not call that supervisor back. And I said, okay, I'm not going to call. Because usually, you know, when you really want a job, you call the person that you interview with, hey, I'm just checking up to see if there's any update, X, Y, and Z. But I clearly heard the Lord say, do not text that man, do not call him back. Or ask him for, ask him for an update for the job, and I said, okay, I won't, I won't, I won't do that. They never called. So months pass, and then I'm like, okay, Lord, so I'm, I am applying to other jobs because remember, I just bought a house. My husband and I, we just bought a house. I just bought a house. We have a mortgage now, right? Our expenses have went up went up a little bit more because now we're not paying rent. We are paying mortgage. So everything that comes with the mortgage that comes with that, you know, we need money. We need two incomes, right? And plus the lifestyle that we like to live, we live off of two incomes. So again, I was applying for jobs. I was willing to take pretty much 
anything as long as I was able to make enough to sustain the household. And no one called me back. And then when I did have an interview for a hospital that was close to home, the Lord, I just felt so uneasy and I just couldn't bring myself to go to that interview. And I'm like, Lord, what is it? Why are you making me feel so uneasy? And I knew if I went to the interview that I was not going to get hired. So it was, the thought came to me like, why even waste your time? Because you're not going to get hired. So I canceled the interview with the administrator. I told her, I'm sorry, but I won't be able to make it into the interview. Thank you for the opportunity emailed her and let that be that. So I'm like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And I have been trying to do my YouTube ministry page while I was working. Keep in mind, I am a nurse, so I work 40 plus hours. And when I was working the 40 plus hours, it drained me so much. And plus I have three kids. I have a husband. I have to cook. I have to clean and all these things. Yes, my husband helps me cook and clean before you guys go there. But we share the responsibility. He also works 10 to 12 hours a day as well. So when we come home, we are just tired and we are depleted because we have to wake up the next day and go back to work. So I was like, Lord, what is it that you really want me to do? He says, I want you to focus on your YouTube page. I want you to focus on the YouTube ministry that I have trusted you to do. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And so then also too, I have a nonprofit organization. It is called Beauty for Ashes. It is with my mother and my sister, and we help feed the homeless throughout the inner cities. And we had this organization for about um, a few years since 2015. So we help people who are either unhoused because they don't like to say homeless anymore. So unhoused, struggling or low income. And we just want to feed them hot meals. We want to feed them um, cooked food. You know, a lot of people are on um, government assistance where they get food stamps and certain times during the month, they're not able to feed their families or have enough to eat. So we would like to step in and provide that service for them. So that is another ministry that I am a part of that God wanted me to really just focus on. So I said, okay, Lord, so I'm doing my YouTube videos, I'm uploading videos, I'm seeking the Lord, I'm praying more, I'm reading my Bible more because my children are at work, the house is clean, I made dinner, so now it's just me and God um, in this intimate time where I'm just seeking the Lord and trusting him for him just to provide and make a way, and he was he was and is doing that, right? But it looks so foolish because everyone was like, oh, don't worry, you'll get a job. You know, you being a nurse, you can easily get a job. And I come from a family of nurses, high practicing nurses as well. So they was like, if you want, I can call this person and get you an interview and call. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Because I clearly heard the Lord tell me that he wanted me to be at home for this time. So I have accepted that. Now, fast forward, a year passes and I'm like, okay, Lord, what are we doing, right? What are we doing? And he's like, I want you to come off the workforce. Do you trust me enough to come off the workforce as far as when it comes to clocking in and going to 
a hospital or a clinic office to work as a nurse. So I say, yes, Lord, I trust you, right? Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, Lord, I trust you, Lord, I trust you. So then things start to come, you know, a little shaky now. And I'm a stay-at-home mom, right? I am in ministry. I am, you know, looking into being a entrepreneur, right? I'm like, Lord, you have to help me because you have taken away what I knew how or what I knew or how I knew to make money. I've never been a person to really have a, a spirit of entrepreneur. I think that's how I say it, right? Uh, entrepreneur. I have a spirit of being an entrepreneur, I should say. And I just was like, you know what? I just go to school, get a degree and go to work and get do my 25, 30 years, get my 401k and retire. That was just my mindset. That's just how I grew up. I never thought about, hey, I could, you know, work for myself, right? I never wanted to put in the work to do it because when I worked at Bank of America, I was in sales and I hated sales. I hated sales because I hate trying to convince someone to buy something, especially if they don't need it. Like I just hated sales. That just wasn't, that's not in my DNA, right? Especially for a product that I really don't care about. So I went into the medical field because that's, I like to help people and I just really enjoy being a nurse. So going back to the story, he was like, do you trust me enough? And I said, yeah, I trust you. So he put me through the fire as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He placed me in the fire to see if I really trusted him enough. And when times got hard, I found myself constantly in prayer. I found myself constantly in the Bible, even more so now, because now I am going through the trials and tribulations that the book of James talk about. And I'm like, Lord, how can I find it all joy when I got this due, I got that due, I have everything due, right? And he brought up the story to me of Joseph when I was reading in Genesis, the story of Joseph, how his brothers um, put him into or sold him into slavery. Then he was accused of doing something that he didn't do. Then he was jailed because of that. He was lied on, but God had to take him through that process to prepare him for the destiny that he was born for, which was to save Israel, right? Put him to the highest um, rank and position that he can attain through the favor of God. So God was saying to me that it might seem like everything is upside down right now, but trust me because I know the plans that I have for you. So I'm saying, okay, Lord, I hear you. I read the story, you know, I called it the Joseph effect, right? I called it um, the Moses effect, right? I just called it and said, this is the Joseph effect, right? Of my life that I'm going through right now. Trusting God when everything seems to be upside down when everything just looks so foolish. I'm going to trust God, right? Because the Bible says that Joseph was thrown into jail, but the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And God promised me, he says, am I with you? Am I not with you? Am I not here with you in the fire? And I say, you are with me, Lord, but it's just so hard. It's just so hard. But I trusted God and I'm still trusting God to do and to do what he said he would do. And he has been literally providing manna from heaven. And when people hear me say that, I'm like, it's true. Like 
He provides manna from heaven. I would get a check from here. Um, I would money would just appear literally, like it would just appear. I would get a check, or somebody would give me some money, or somebody um, will, you know, do something for me or do something for us. You know, my husband has been getting favored on his job, right? So the Lord has just really just provided for us each day, right? Each day he has been providing for us. It's not like, okay, you know, God did this and we can kind of chill now. Now, every day I have to wake up and trust God on what he's going to provide for us. So he literally gives us manna daily. That's why I say that because every day I wake up expecting God to do what he said he's going to do. So I want to go into trusting God when it looks foolish, obeying God when the logical option makes sense to you, right? So what is the logical option in my circumstance? The logical option is you need to get up and get a job. But the Lord clearly told me, he says, would you want to go back to Egypt? I was reading in the book of Numbers and when the 12 spies went to went to go scout out the land and the land was beautiful. The land was plush. The land was flourishing, right? And they came back and they said, the land is beautiful. Um, you know, it does have everything that God says it has, but, but the people who possess the lands are giants. And Caleb and Joshua was like trying to shush them down. Like, no, no, no. God says that the land is our, we, the God says that the land is ours. We can go and possess the land. Let's go and take it now. But they complained. They said, no, no, no. Those people are giants. They are going to kill us. They are going to smash us, right? And so they convinced the children of Israel to complain about the promise that God has given them. And they said, you know what? We are going to go back to Egypt and we are going to go back to Egypt. We are going to go back there. Maybe they will accept us. And it made the Lord angry. It made the Lord angry. And when I read that, I heard the spirit of God said to me, you don't want to be right there looking at the promised land and be turned around because of your disbelief or be turned around because of your disobedience or be turned around because of your, of your, you're just unbelief or you're complaining. You don't want to turn around when you're right there at the threshold. And I said, Lord, I don't want to go back to the Red Sea. I want to be able to cross over to the promised land, right? And he told me, don't forget the promise. Don't forget the promise that I gave you. So when things get hard, I go back to the promise that God has given me, the promises that he has given me. And I said, Lord, you said that you would do this. I remind him of his promises that he said that he is going to do for me and give me and open up for me, right? I remind God in prayer, Lord, remember you said this. Remember you said that. So with that being said, when I read that scripture, I said, Lord, they were right there. They were right there looking over, looking over to the promised land and they had to turn right back around. So just imagine if you are in a game and you only have one more door to 
open to get that grand prize. But because you had to go through all these obstacles, because you had to go through all these trials and tribulations to get there and you are just tired, but you have to open this last door. And when you open that last door, there is the grand prize. But because you are just so tired and you are beat down and you just don't believe anymore, you you just say, you know what? I'm not going to open that door because I opened a hundred doors and nothing was behind there. So I'm not going to open that door. And that's the door that you need to open to get that grand prize. Well, that's what it was with the children of Israel. They saw the promised land, but because of their unbelief, they had to turn around and go back into the wilderness, go back to the Red Sea. So the Lord said, you don't want to do that because you're right there. So I had to pray and repent of my unbelief because I said, Lord, I am tired, right? Have you ever been to a place where you are just tired? Lord, I am tired, right? But give me strength, right? The book of Isaiah, I can't think of the chapter right now, but it says, those who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength that they will mount up on wings like eagle. They will run and not get weary. They will run and not get tired and they will walk and not get weary. I said, Lord, help me to trust in you. Help me to hope in you. Help me to believe in your promises. Help me to run and not get tired. Help me to walk and not get weary, right? This is how you pray in the spirit. This is how you pray or you war in despair, you use the word of God. So when I would pray that type of prayer, I would just find new strength to continue to believe in God, right? So it doesn't make sense to not logically get a job to help around the household, but God says, I will provide, and he has been doing that. So it's going against your own understanding. The Bible tells us that Lean not onto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God. So do you believe God enough to do the impossible, right? What if this was the beginning of a great story, but you just have to believe what God says. Let God be true and every man a liar. But we only we only are going to know what God says or only going to know if God told us to do it. If we spend the time in his presence, if we spend the time in his word and meditating on his word, right? And also living according to his word, because you could read the Bible, you could pray, but your lifestyle could be totally different from what you say that you are. So we want to be make, we want to make sure that we are living a righteous life according to the Bible. We want to make sure we are living the way God wants us to live. And we want to make sure that we are not living in a life of sin and a life of disobedience as well. This is how we get the blessings of God. So I want to talk about the woman in 2 Kings chapter 4 when her son died and everyone around her was asking her, um, not everyone around her, but Elijah's servant or his assistant asked her, is everything all right? And she said, all is well. She didn't even tell her husband that their son had passed away. She kept that to herself, but she knew she had to go see the man of God. So sometimes we we ought to know that we don't always have to say, oh, you know, the devil's doing this. Oh, and I'm going through that. Oh, and this is happening. That is happening. Say all is well. All is well. And God was giving me these scriptures, right? Because I'm in the, I'm spending the time 
reading his word, but he was giving me these scriptures and he letting me read these stories because he knew what was ahead of me. So when I face these difficult situations and moments and the time or the season that I was in, I had these stories to go back to when I was in prayer. He says, what did the woman say? And I said, she said, all is well. So we have to speak the word of God when things are going on and when someone says, well, how can you do that? Or, you know, I wouldn't know what to do. All is well. God will provide. God says he's my provider, right? We say the word of God and he has no other choice but to do what his word says. So think about when Noah built the ark, right? When Noah was building the ark, people laughed at him. They called him crazy. But guess what? When the flood came, I bet you they wish they was inside that ark, right? Think about when the Israelites walked around the wall of Jericho. Who are these people walking around our walls that I'm pretty sure they were laughed at, they were mocked and everything. But guess what? On the seventh day, those walls came down. Think about Peter, James, and John. When Jesus called them into ministry, he says, come and follow me. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't say, well, first, let me do this, right? They dropped their nets and they went to be with Jesus, right? Are you willing are you willing to give up your career? Are you willing to give up your dreams? Are you willing to give up your aspirations to follow God, right? And that's only if he tells you to because guess what? We need Christians in workplaces. We need Christians as nurses, as doctors, as politicians, as people um, in companies that have high positions, right? We need people in those positions. So you have to be spirit led. So God has called me off from my job as being a nurse, right? But he might not have called you off your job. So we must be sensitive unto the unction of the Holy Spirit of what he wants us to do for our destiny, right? So I went from self-sufficient, right? Because I was dependent on myself to do what I needed to do for me. I went from self-sufficient to God-dependent. Just the other day when I was in my kitchen preparing dinner for my family, and I heard the Lord say, isn't it, doesn't it feel good? He said, doesn't it feel good to not worry about anything because God has you? And I said, yes, it does. I like this feeling. I am at rest. I have peace that passes understanding. This peace that God has given me, the world cannot take it away because I know who I trust in. I'm God dependent. God provides for me. He is my father. I can go to him boldly. Go to his throne boldly, as the book of Hebrews says. Go to his throne boldly and ask him to help me, especially when I need it most, right? Because I am his child. I am his daughter. I operate in the childlike sense, like, Father, help me. I need you to do this. I need money for you to pay for me to do this. And God provides it, whether it's through people, whether it's through uh, unexpected check in the mail, God provides that for me. So he's teaching me how to trust him when it looks foolish. So I know people are on the outside, like it's been almost, um, almost two years since she hasn't worked and they just bought a house. How are they sustaining? 
God is sustaining us. God is providing for us. And I just thank him and praise him for that because he has done so much for me and he has doing and he is doing so much more for me. And I am just so appreciative and I'm so happy that I was able to just really obey his voice and trust him with that. So now I know that God can do it because he did it for me. So I want to end with this. Not everyone will understand the path that God has asked you to walk. That is okay. God did not call them. He called you. Never find reason to defend what the master has said is the course you must take. It is his approval you seek, not theirs. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, trust God even when it looks foolish because he has trusted you for this assignment that he has given you. So you must trust him that he knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, to give you a future. His thoughts towards you are good and not of evil. So that is all I have to say. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you are on YouTube listening to this podcast, consider subscribing to my YouTube channel, Stars Conversations, where we have conversations about biblical principles and also I operate in the prophetic as well. So go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe to that. And if you are listening on any podcast streaming services, go ahead and just click the follow button and let me know that you guys are there. I will talk to you later. Bye.